0: Ezekiel 37, we'll get to that in just a few moments. We'll begin in verse 1. As we close the door on 2012 and begin another great year, uh, for some, we'll look back on 2012 and say that wasn't our best time. Others will look back and say, man, 2012 was a great year and I hate that it had to come to a close. Did anybody have a year like that? Okay, a couple. All right. Okay, a couple. All right. Some of you got married and had babies and uh, bought houses, and uh, it was a good year. And, that, and that's good. You should celebrate. Some of us look at at 2012 and say it was the best of times, and it was the worst of times, uh, um, and uh, and and that is okay as well. But I want to challenge you as we in in January of this year, we spend some time in prayer and fasting. Not to get caught up in the day-to-day, but uh, to stop and look at the big picture of your life. Look at your life in the course of the year. Where were you as you began 2012 to where you ended and are today? Because what can happen is we get caught up in the small things and we get caught up in the the, the day-to-day struggles and, and frustrations of life and we don't sometimes realize how much God has moved our life forward. I'll give you a for instance. The beginning of 2012, I really was challenged to uh, get healthy in my life and to uh, eat a little better and uh, drink more water and and, uh, lose some weight and work out and just be a a more healthy person physically. So I I did that. I lost 30 pounds at the beginning of the year. Uh, I did put some of that back on in case you're wondering. (laughs) Not all of it, not all of it. Uh, But I I lost 30 pounds, 31 pounds actually, so I was really, that's more weight than I've ever lost in my life, and uh, so I was really excited by that. Um, You know, and I I began drinking, uh, Dr. Oz, uh, who apparently knows all, says that uh, you you should drink uh, half of your body weight in ounces of water every day, Uh, so that's like four or five gallons for me, something like that uh so i you know i started drinking water and you know everywhere i'd go i'd just be downing whole bottles of water as fast as i could drink it you know uh so when you drink that much water it's a lot of water you got to drink water like all day long just like dr- drinking and drinking and drinking so man i'm working hard and I'm, you know trying to uh, eat right and go to the gym and and uh, uh you know all the things you do to try to be healthy and the vitamins and you know all those good things and um, started uh, uh, taking some vitamins to help me sleep better at night because i I struggle with my sleep a lot and can 't go to sleep so uh, or can 't stay asleep so I, I you know I just started doing all these things, but this week, um, even after all of that, this week I ended up uh, struggling with the flu i 'm still kind of recovering so that 's why I came a little late to worship today i 'm going to slip back out and go right to my office when i 'm done here i don 't want to pass the flu around the church i 've been bathing in germex for the last few days uh, <laughs> Uh, but you know, I got the flu. Apparently it's like a, a an epidemic going around, uh, or a pandemic or whatever they call it. Uh, it, it's, it's, but it's everywhere. And, uh, I don't know if anybody had the flu here recently. Okay. Well, a few of us, it's not fun. And, uh, I've not been enjoying myself the last couple of days. Uh, just, I can't do anything. You know, I, I feel good. So I get up for a minute and then next thing you know, I'm, I'm out again. So I have to go lay back down. It's not been fun, but you know, if, if I weren't careful, I could get so caught up and say, all the good stuff I've been trying to do didn't matter anyway because I still got the flu. I'm still sick. And look at me now. All the work I was doing, trying to be healthy, trying to live my life right, and I still got sick. So is it worth it anyway? Well, that's not a good, good way to look at life. So I'm still much more healthy today than I was a year ago. Uh, and am on track to get uh, more health, continue to get more healthy. But sometimes in life you just get sick. But if you get caught up in the, well, you got the flu... Uh, you you'll lose track of of how far you've really come in your life, and this is one of the things that the enemy wants to do to us. He wants you to get caught up in the in the little things that happen day to day, and to, to get us focused and looking and looking down at exactly what we're going through, rather than looking up at what God is really doing in our life. And so, I want to challenge you to look at the trajectory the trajectory of your life. Uh, where are you going? Okay, where were you a year ago, and where are you now? Not just today, not just well, Brandon, you, you got the flu today, so obviously you're going down now. Well, no, 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 really, where am I? Am I more healthy today? Am I, am I? Do I feel better? Do I look better? Do I uh, sleep better? Do, you know, all those things. And where is the trage- trajectory of my life going? A- and that's what I'm more concerned about. And I want to challenge you as we spend this month of fasting and praying to do just that in every area of your life. Uh, Look at the big picture of what God is doing. Are you moving forward? Sure, you're going to have some ups and downs. You can't get caught up in that. Uh, Life is full of mountains and valleys. Uh, But where are you going? Um, uh, At the end of this month, we're going to be spending three days in fasting and prayer, uh, January 31st through February the 2nd. Normally, we do a 21 day Daniel's fast, no meat and no sweets. I know some of you were looking forward to that. Uh, but this year, uh, our bishop uh, was feeling strongly that we wanted to, he wanted, uh, God wanted us to do something a little different and focus on three days of an intense fasting and prayer. So, we're going to do that January 31st through February the 2nd. And uh, so, I want to challenge you to be a part of that and, and get ready and set some time apart to get ready to pray and hear from God and, and to fast. Three groups. Uh, three opportunities to get involved. I want to challenge you not to take the easy road out. Okay, the first group is for three days, uh, don't eat any foods, uh, just drink water and juices for three days from lunch on uh, Thursday, I believe it is, is the 31st, and then eat again at lunch after church on Sunday. So for three days, nothing but liquids. Now, uh, when I was uh, in youth ministry, we fasted a lot. I was always challenging our leaders to fast, and I, I really believe in, in fasting. I believe it'll make a huge difference in your life. You want to hear from God? Start fasting. It's amazing uh, how fast you hear from God when you uh, start putting other things, putting God before other things. So I challenged them to fast, and we had this one girl who's uh, an amazing girl. Uh, she's actually a pastor now, doing a great job, uh, making a huge impact on the kingdom of God. But she was one of these little bitty tiny girls that ate like a horse. Y'all know anybody like that? Just make you mad. (laughs) You know, I look at a piece of cake and gain a pound, and, you know, she eats the whole thing and lost a pound. You know, it's just like one of those, like, oh, I really don't like that. Well, she was um, just always eating, had to have food all the time. She just had a huge metabolism. Well, we're worried about her thinking, like, she's not going to make it through this fast. She can't make it three hours, much less three days. (laughs) Well, about the two and a half days into it, She's all like, yeah, I'm totally fine. All is well. No problem, you know. I'm, I'm totally good. And we're like, how are you doing this? What is, what is the secret? And she's like, oh, no, I'm good. Are you, you're, you're eating behind our back, right? No, no, I'm not, I'm not eating behind your back. Well, then a little while later, she comes in uh, to the office. We're about to have a meeting. And she comes in with a sonic milkshake. She said, well, it's liquid. I'm drinking it through a straw. I was like, No. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> you just ate ice cream for three days. Uh, true story. Another, another time we had in, we had, we were doing another fast and one of my youth leaders literally ground up nacho cheese Doritos in a blender with water and was trying to drink it. He was so hungry. <laughs> I, listen, I don't know what to tell you. Um, so the first group, though, seriously, is um, uh, if you can go three days uh, without eating foods. And I, and I don't mean drinking Slim Fast meal replacements. I mean, like, you know, water and juices, things like that. Second group, so Pastor Renner, I'm not quite ready for that. Uh, you know, I, I, you know I just, I'd like to say I was, but I'm just really not. Well, I want to challenge you to only eat one meal a day. Just eat one meal a day. Choose your meal. If it's lunch, let it be lunch. Don't be switching it every meal, right? Uh, just like, no, no. I know I ate lunch, but I really decided I wanted to be dinner. You know, no, no. Just pick your meal and then and, and go with that one. Uh, and, and the other thing is, don't let your meal last for like four hours. You know, I just eat really slow, Pastor Renner, and I don't know what to tell you. I started eating at 11, it's 3 o'clock, I'm just finishing up dessert. No. <laughs> just, eat. I, don't know, I don't care how much you eat, but just to make it lunch, okay? If you, if you want to eat two pepperoni pizzas, so be it, that's up to you. But just do it within a consolidated amount of time. I just uh, Okay, so one meal a day. Everybody, you good with that? A third group of people says, uh, well, you know, I've never done either of those. You know, maybe I'm a, I'm a new Christian or uh, maybe you have health issues that won't allow you to do those things. I, I want to challenge you to give up one major food group. I don't mean give up broccoli, okay? You're the pastor and I really say, I'm sacrificing for Jesus. I really want God to move so much in my life this year. I'm not going to eat any salad. I'm just no, I'm not going to eat any salad. I'm just... I, I, will not, I will not drink, you know, a, a diet coke. I will only drink real coke. For, just for Jesus, though. Only for Jesus. You know, no, no, no. Give up something real. Okay? You know, it, it, it you need to fast. It needs you need to feel it a little bit, okay? And and the, and as you feel it, it reminds you, why am I giving this up? Okay. I really want a Dr. Pepper right now, but I'm giving it up. Why am I giving up? And that's when you spend time. Okay, Lord, I'm giving this up for you. I'll give you the first fruits of my year. I'm praying, and I'm spending time with you, God. I want You to speak into my year. I want you to move in my life this year. I want you to do great things. Sound good? So I want you to get ready for that. Uh, January thirty first through Sunday, uh, February the second, Thursday through Sunday. So we'll eat lunch. Those of you that are going all out, we're going to eat lunch on Thursday, and we won't eat lunch again until after church on Sunday. A couple other things that we're going to be be doing, and you'll be able to sign up for this very soon. We're going to have a seventy two hour prayer chain. From all of our campuses, we're going to have for 72 hours a uh, nonstop prayer chain believing for God to move on our behalf. Uh, how many of you would be willing to be a part of that with me? So, just All you got to do is choose one hour. Say, so I'm going to pray for one hour. Uh, sometime in that in that three-day period, say, so I'm, I'm going to be a part of this chain. And I want to challenge you to do that as well. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, some ideas uh, on, on how to pray for an hour. Some people say, Pastor Ron, I've never prayed more than like 35 seconds. That was the longest dinner prayer I've ever had. Well... Um, I, I want I to give you some ideas as we get closer on how to pray for an hour because an hour can seem like a long time it's not a long time when, you, when you're watching TV but when you get along with just you and the Lord and your thoughts and, and it can seem like a long time if you don't have a, a strategy and a plan on how to spend some time with God so I want to help you with that uh, the third thing that we're going to be doing is, is on Saturday night we're going to have a, a, a corporate prayer meeting here uh, and we're just going to come together and worship and spend some time with him and, and seek God and it's going to be a great time I hope you'll choose to be with us so that's coming up at the end of this month and in this season I just want to challenge you to, to give God your year. Say, Lord, speak to speak to me. What do you want to do in my life this year? What do you want to What do you want to, uh, What do you want to release over? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What do you want this year to look like? And, and I believe that God wants to be involved in your year. The question is, do you really want God to be involved in your year enough to ask Him? I heard it all my life. Uh, say that that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and He won't go anywhere where He isn't asked. Uh, he is He won't go anywhere where He isn't welcome. And so, uh, welcome God into your life. Say, Lord, move in our life uh, this year. You know, 2012 was a great year for Triumph Church. Uh, Specifically, Triumph Church Beaumont, we had an outstanding year. We did very well. Our attendance and our growth was strong, as was our income. The presence of God has been with us, and at times it has been very strong with us. We've seen an increased number of changed lives. We poured our foundation and we put the steel up. Now, yes, it went slower than I ever dreamed possible. I had a very uh, discouraging, disheartening moment this week. I was getting my hair cut, and uh, my hairdresser stopped me, and she said, uh, Pastor Rannon, I-, I need to ask you a question, and it's just kind of sensitive, and so I, I want to I ask you, and I'm like, oh man, here we go, I just want to get my hair cut, I don't want to do a counseling session, right? I just want to get my hair cut, you know? and and she said, Pastor Rennon, I- I- what do you want to do about this- all this gray hair on the side of your head? <laughs> so- I said, I don't want to talk about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Look down, sure enough, there's this gray hair all over I said, oh, my Lord, what are we going to do? Um, I blame that on the the, the building, but um, uh, we're moving forward, and and, uh, that building is going to be uh, built in the name of Jesus. You know, this year there have been more miracles than I can count or even keep up with. Let me ask you this question. What has God done in your life? Uh, where were you a year ago or two years ago compared to where you are now? Uh, are you moving forward and following God? Some of us may just want to close the door on 2012 and say, that was done, uh, we're moving on. But I am prophesying good things over your life in 2013. Uh, in, when I preached in Sugarland the last Sunday of December, God spoke to me and said, tell the people that 2013 is going to be a year of fulfilled promises. So I preached that and and delivered that word to the congregation there, and I'm I am uh, bringing that word to you today as well. 2013 is a year of fulfilled promises. I got home about Tuesday or Wednesday of that week. I got a text message from from uh, another pastor, and uh, and he said 2013, a year of two, two uh, fulfilled promises. And I texted back and I and I said, Have you been listening to my podcast? And uh, he's like, No. <laughs> Uh, I don't listen to your podcast, and I'm like, well, you should. It's good. Um, <laughs> but he said, no, I've just been praying, and that's the word that God has put in my spirit, and uh, and I wanted to call, I wanted to text it and make sure that because uh, I believe that that is for your church and and our, and our churches and I said man you won't believe that is exactly what I the word that God gave me when I was in Sugarland last Sunday and so I really believe that it's been confirmed this is a year of fulfilled promises. Don't you get a hold of that in your life. I'm I'm speaking that and prophesying that over you. I am expecting God to fulfill his promises this year. I am expecting God to, to come through for me and to come through for you. I am expecting things to change in my life. I am expecting to experience God in a deeper level. I'm expecting God to move with more intensity. I am expecting 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 loved ones to come to Christ. I am expecting the miraculous to be the norm. I am expecting good things. What are you expecting? I'm prophesying because that's the word uh, that that God has given to me. I want to speak it over your life. And whatever the picture of your life and situation may appear to be, you need to prophesy to the wind and call on the Holy Spirit to breathe new life into your situation. Uh, So I want to speak to you on this subject today. I'm not going to be real long But I want to speak to you on this subject, prophesy to the winds. Because when the wind changes, the weather changes and things begin to move. Last week we talked about adversity, uh, two types of adversity, that which we caused, at least in part, and that which we just encountered. James said, consider it all joy when you encounter trials of many kinds. Because sometimes in life we're just walking along doing our thing and we encounter trials. We didn't cause it, we didn't do it, we didn't fall into it, it was just there. Uh, but no matter what, he said, consider it joy. He didn't say it, it, it's going to feel like joy or it's going to look like joy. He said, just make up your mind to consider it joy because God is. Working something in you and through you, and don't be shocked. Peter wrote to us, and he said, "Don't, don't, don't be, a, don't be uh, surprised. Don't be shocked when you face trials. We're all going to face them. It's going to happen." And so, I, I want to continue in that thought today, uh, as we read from the Book of Ezekiel, chapter thirty-seven, verse one, and uh, and we talk about prophesying to the winds. If you're in Ezekiel thirty-seven, would you say Amen? The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all and be around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord, you know. Father, I thank you for your presence that we have already felt in this place, for the things that you've already done, for the healing that's already happened for the miracles that are in the works as we speak. Lord, I'm asking you to open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to hear from you. And to be challenged by the power of your word. Touch us today. Uh, speak to us today, Lord God. I pray that you'd give me a clear heart, a clear spirit, a clear mind. To, to be able to deliver the word that you've placed in me today. I thank you for it right now. In your name we pray. Amen. God takes Ezekiel. In some kind of a vision. Uh, uh, and he takes him out over this valley. It's been referred to as the Valley of Dry Bones. Uh, and this is really complicated here now. Because it was a valley full of dry bones. So get that. <laughs> they called it the Valley of Dry Bones. These bones are, are white. They are dry. It is the ultimate picture of hopelessness. It is the scene of a former battle. Uh, but now the the bones have been left where there was failure and defeat. They had been forgotten. They had been there so long that they 're now dried or white. if you 've ever seen a, a bone that's been left out in the sun for a long period of time, it comes very white, uh, kind of ashy looking. Um, and, and this is what, this is what Ezekiel is looking at. They're dried out. There's no life in them. The, the world has forgotten them. The world has moved on. It was such a terrible battle that they didn't even clean up, uh, their, their soldiers that had, that had lost their lives in the battle. They didn't even pick them up and remove them from the battlefield and bury them. They just left them there and said, that was just too bad. It was too much. We're just going to walk away. It was an ultimate picture of hopelessness. And God asked this question of Ezekiel. Ezekiel can these bones live? Now, again, if you've ever seen bones like this, you would look at it and the obvious answer would be no. There's no way that these bones can live. There's no way that life can move and, and that and these things can turn into a human being again that is functioning and living. It cannot happen. But Ezekiel knows the God that he's dealing with. Now, he's afraid to say no because he knows God. And so he doesn't say, well, Lord, yes, they can live and I've got a lot of faith and I'm standing and believing. But he's also not willing to say no because he knows uh, that he is talking to the creator now that created life in the first place. And so he just says this, oh, Lord, you know. You know, sometimes we face situations in our life that, that seem dead, they seem hopeless, they, they seem like a, 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 a valley full of failure and defeat that the world has forgotten and moved on. And we look at the situation and God is saying to us today, can these bones live? And we're afraid to say no because we know that God does the miraculous. But we're afraid to say yes but because we don't know that we have the faith that, that they can actually live again. So we put it back on God and we say, oh Lord, you know. Well, here's the good news. He does know. He does know. And he had a plan for Ezekiel. And he said, Ezekiel, here's what I want you to do. Let's pick up in verse 4 now. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. God says to Ezekiel, I want you to look on this valley that is lifeless and hopeless, a valley full of failure and defeat, a valley that has been forgotten and the world has moved on. And and he said, I've asked you this question. Can these bones live? Can something be made out of this? Can can life return? Can hope and joy thrive where failure and defeat had reigned? Uh, And and God is asking this question of us today. Can these bones live? Can the situations in your life that seem to be failures, that seem to be dead and gone, can they come back to life and can they live again? And, And this is the question. But God speaks to Ezekiel and he tells him what to do. He says, I want you to prophesy to these bones and I want you to prophesy to the breath. Notice here in, in verse 4, God didn't do it, but he said to him, God said to me, me being Ezekiel, you prophesy. Verse 9, again he said to me, you prophesy to the breath, you prophesy to the winds. Because, because what God is doing here. It is he is putting the onus or or the responsibility back on Ezekiel to do something about the problem. So often in life, we get so busy caught up and pointing, well, this person caused this, and this happened to me, and it wasn't my fault, and they did it. And it was the economy, and it was the president, and, and it was the governor, and it was my boss, and it was my employer, and it was my husband, and it was my kids, and it was uh, my doctor, and it was all these things. And you may be totally right, but God is speaking to us today and saying, you prophesy. You take responsibility to change the situation. You do something about it. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. So when you begin to speak, things will begin to shift. But as long as you're so busy pointing fingers at everybody else, nothing is going to change. Can these bones live? Sure, when you begin to prophesy. Ezekiel can't do it in and of itself. We know that. He can't put the bones together and strap them together with cords. And uh, he can't make muscle come back on them and skin come back on them. He can't do all that. But what he can do is he can begin to prophesy the word of the Lord. You may not can fix everything in your life that God messed up in 2012. You may not can redo it. You may not can can regrow flesh back on something that seems to be dead. But what you can do is prophesy and release life and release the power of God at work in you. That's what you can do. Can they live? Well, the question is, will you prophesy to the bones and will you prophesy to the winds? There's a million reasons why something is not our fault or something can't be done. But God said, prophesy. So Ezekiel obeys God. In verse 7, he said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. And and he looked and the flesh and the muscles began to wrap around and the the skin covered him. And, And as he prophesied, things began to happen. I want to challenge you because sometimes we, we, we're prophesying, we're speaking, and something we begin to hear rattling, and then we stop. We say, Well, that, that's it, that's enough. No, no, no. Keep on prophesying until you see the thing come to pass in your life. Don't stop speaking live. Well, Pastor Renan, the, the, the noise didn't sound too good, it didn't look like things were working out. Don't you worry about it. Don't worry about it if a knee bone was trying to connect to an elbow bone. They'll get it right. You just keep declaring the word of God. You just keep keep speaking. Well, it's not working out like I thought. Don't you worry about it. You just keep speaking. And he did that. And these what a sight it must have been to see these white dried out bones begin to come together to get some color back into them and then suddenly uh, uh, muscles begin to form and tendons and, 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 and skin has covered them and suddenly he's looking not not at a valley of dry bones anymore but he is looking at a valley full of bodies. What a moment but now he has a choice to make because there's no breath in them. I can stop. Wow this is an incredible miracle. I mean this was this was awesome. I mean look look he could have gone back and said would you believe what I saw? I mean I saw the bones came and suddenly they were bodies again. But they're of no use to you because they have no life in them. So but Ezekiel's not going to stop short. He's not going to quit one step before the miracle is completed. He comes back to God and God says to him, Now I want you to prophesy to the breath. And I want you to speak and release the breath of life over them. And so now God comes in. The wind blows. Breath enters their body. And these uh, soldiers stand up a great army, the Bible says, with life back in them. What a moment that must have been. Within, I don't know, a few minutes, maybe a few hours, I don't know how long he prophesied. I don't know how long he stood there praying. The Bible doesn't tell us. You know, we get caught up sometimes. Well, I prayed, Pastor Randy, for, for three days in our prayer and fasting time and nothing happened. I don't know physical, I don't know if this was a month, a year. I don't know how long it was. Sometimes God does things fast and th- sometimes he does things slow. But, but when you begin to prophesy and, and speak over your life, God will begin to move. Don't stop before the miracle is completed. So he, he prophesies and he obeys God even when it looks a little silly. Even when it looked a, a little crazy. But God honors Obedience. Uh, And and God honors when you begin to speak and prophesy, things will begin to happen. The bones begin to rattle and and something begins to happen in our lives. So he says, I want you to prophesy uh, over the breath. I want you to look right here in verse 9 because he says something very interesting. Um, He says, I I want you to prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the uh, the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on on these slain that they may live. Come from the four winds. So he says, I want you to speak to the wind. Because when the wind begins to blow, it's carrying with it the breath of life. Without life, there is no motion. There is no movement. But wind creates movement. Wind creates motion. I don't know if you've ever seen or studied a sailboat. Maybe you've been on a sailboat in your life before. Uh, but sailboats are moved by the wind. You've seen pictures. They lift these massive sails uh, in the air that catch the wind. And the wind, when the wind blows, it pushes the boat. It drives the boat. Uh, one man said, though, it's not the towering sail, but the unseen wind that moves the ship. It can look beautiful and have all the equipment, but if you have a sailboat with the sails up but no wind blowing, you're dead in the water. You're not going anywhere. You need the wind to blow because the wind creates movement. So we prophesy out of the winds. Blow wind. And the wind brings the breath of life. If you need movement in your life, prophesy to the winds in your life that the winds would begin to blow and movement and motion would begin to happen. But notice he says the four winds. When he's speaking of the four winds here, this is a great study in and of itself. I, won't, I don't have time to go there, uh, what each of the winds represents. But the, the four winds are, are speaking of the north wind, the south wind, the east wind, and, and, the, net, and the west wind. Um, And these are opposing winds blowing against each other. This creates a new problem for us. If we're needing wind, we need the wind to blow in our life. What do we do when the wind is blowing in the wrong direction? A few years ago, my mom and dad went down to Trinidad and Tobago on a mission trip. At the end of that trip, they went over to Tobago for a couple of days just to kind of hang out on the beach there and rest for a little bit. So while they were hanging out there one afternoon... Uh, dad, they had these little one-man sailboats. And dad decides, I've never sailed. I've always wanted to sail. I'm going to go uh, get in one of those sailboats and go out. You know, you rent them for a couple of hours, just a little, just a little small one-man sailboat deal. And he said, I'm just going to go out here on the beach. I've always wanted to try this. I'm going to give it a shot. So he goes and rents him a sailboat for an hour or two, whatever he had there. And at the time, the wind was blowing from the beach out to the ocean. So he kicks up the sail, no problem. The, the sail grabbed the wind, the wind's blowing, and it shot him right out, man. He just goes. And he's thinking, man, this is easy. He's having a good time, and it's, it's beautiful, and he's looking back at this beautiful beach, and uh, it's really a beautiful island there, and he's having a great time. And suddenly he realizes, wait a second, I'm way out here. And then he realizes, now, the wind pushed me out here, but how do I get a sailboat to sail against the wind so I can get back to the beach? You know, there ain't no paddle on this thing, and uh, there ain't no way to get back unless this this wind can help me out. And if, as long as I leave this sail just like it is, I'm going to keep going out. What do you do when the wind is blowing you in the wrong direction? So he's in a mess. Now, So he begins to work this sail, and he's, you know, uh, my dad is a thinker, and he's a strategist, so he's, you know, he's working. If I do this, and I do this, and maybe I can do this, and maybe I can do this. And several hours later, probably long after the boat was due back to shore, as the sun was going down, he finally figured out how to sail this boat and to position the sails just right, that he could sail against the wind. And, And when my mom had just about given up on him, he comes sailing back into shore. Because if a sailboat can only sail with the wind, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. Because I many of you know, it's not often that the winds are going the direction you seem to want them to go. I, I, I like to play golf. Uh, many of you know that about me. I like to have the wind at my back. But sometimes I'm playing around a golf and it seems like no matter which way I turn on the golf course, the wind is always in my face. And sometimes in life it feels that way. You see, it feels like you can never get the wind at your back. It, can, it feels like you can never. It, shouldn't life just be easy? Shouldn't I just be able to put up my sails and go? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be easier that way? But it's not always that way. Sometimes it feels like the wind is always in my face no matter which way I turn. So we can't give up. We, we, we can't, we, we can't just, just say, well, that's it. The wind is in my face. I can't fix it. I can't stop it now. Well, you know, what, what am I going to do? <clears throat> One uh, Ella Wheeler Wilcox wrote in 1916, listen to this, uh, One ship sails east and another west by the same winds that blow, tis the set of the sails and not the gales that tells the way we go. Like the winds of the sea are the waves of time as we journey along through life, tis the set of the soul that determines the goal and not the calm or the strife. Here's the principle that she was referring to. With a sailboat, uh, it's not the winds that determine your direction. It's the set of the sails that determine the way that you're going. The same thing is is true in our lives. The winds blow. And if you're relying on the winds to blow the the right way, you may be waiting a while. But what we have to do is learn to set our sails the right way so that we can sail even when the wind is blowing the wrong direction. Because here's what I know in my life. I would rather have wind blowing the wrong way than not blowing at all. Because wind creates movement. And, and, and things that are in motion are a lot easier to keep in motion. That's, that's one of the laws of physics. Uh, an object in motion tends to stay in motion until acted upon by a, one of those forces. It's something like that. I almost got it. Uh, but I would rather have motion in my life. Have you ever tried to steal your car when it's sitting still? You can turn the wheel to the left, but you're not going left. You can turn it to the right, but you're not going right. But when you're moving, you can take one hand and you can just make an easy little movement. Actually, you can put your hands at ten and two, and you can keep both hands on the wheel and look right ahead at all times, and just make it an, and don't and, and do a nice little crossover. <laughs> I learned that from my driver's ed teacher. He was a six foot ten former football player named Homie. I'm not kidding. <laughs> ah, that's another story for another day. But here's the thing. If you can get some movement and some motion in your life, if you, can get, if you can get the winds blowing, even if they're in the wrong way, if you can learn to set your sails according to the principles in the Word of God... You can get on the right track going where God wants you to go. I'd rather have movement. I'd rather have wind blowing in the wrong direction than no wind at all. How are you setting your sails? You, you can spend your life complaining about the things that are against you. You can be upset and maybe rightfully so about how nothing goes right, nothing goes your way. These guys, they get all the luck. They get all the breaks. Have you ever said something like that? Or you can set your sails and allow God to help you move your life forward despite the direction of the wind. As you, if you may have studied the, the recession that, that hit a few years ago, uh, it caused many to lose their fortunes. It caused many to lose their retirements, their homes. But that same wind caused others to get, gain great wealth. Others were positioned and they had set their sails correctly. And now they're riding high off the same recession that hurt many of us. So how do we set our sails? First of all, you let God chart your course. As we spend this month fasting and praying, let God chart your course. What do you want from me this year, God? What do you want to do in me and with me? Secondly, live by the principles of the Bible. If you live according to this word, God will work in your life. He'll come through for you. Thirdly, believe and trust Believe and trust. Have faith in Him. And then obey the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Follow the Holy Spirit. Uh, Don't give up or get off course, but stay the course. Set your sails. And finally, and I'll end here. Begin to prophesy. Begin to speak the Word of God over your life. You've got a situation that doesn't seem to be going right. It's going the wrong direction. Speak the Word of God. God said to Ezekiel, Can these bones live? You know, Lord. I do know. Here's what I want you to do. Prophesy to the bones. Prophesy to the wind. You need some movement in your life? Prophesy to the wind. You you need some things to happen in your life? Prophesy. Prophesy. Begin to speak the word. Begin to, uh, to declare the word of God over your life. I want to speak a couple of words over you. Is that okay? I've already spoken one over you and that this is going to be a year of promises fulfilled uh, for you and I. A year of promises fulfilled. I'm going to speak another word because some of us have a little wind, but it's not a lot. It's just a light breeze. You need some, some uh, velocity. You need some movement. You need some speed. I'm speaking a word over you of acceleration of momentum and acceleration, when it seemed like you're just creeping along. Everybody else is driving, living life in the fast lane, and, and we're just creeping along here. I, I'm, I'm speaking over your life a word of acceleration. Momentum is picking up for you. Set your sails and get ready. The wind is picking up for your, in your life. Uh, promises fulfilled and acceleration this year. How many received those words? Would you stand with me today? I want to challenge you to prophesy over your own life, to begin to speak over your own life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Use your tongue, use your words, and speak over your life. Well, Pastor Renan, I don't know how to prophesy. I I don't know how to do that. Well, first of all, just begin reading the word over your life. You don't know what to read? Just pick something. It's all good. It'll all help. Just begin reading it. Uh, uh, get, get you some, some Bible studies or some topical Bibles uh, or, or Google some blessings. You, there's so many ways you can find to, to, read some, to get some words released over your life and just begin to, to speak them and to declare them over your life. Prophesy. Then I want you to listen in your spirit and speak whatever God tells you to say. Pastor Renner, I've never heard from God before, I don't know how to prophesy. Uh, well, the Bible says that, it uh, the, the teaches that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are available to all of us. The, one of those is the gift of prophecy. So if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to prophesy. There's a gift. You just got to reach up and get it. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, sometimes when I'm hearing from God, sometimes I hear words. Uh, I, I heard a word, acceleration. I'm releasing that word over your life. I heard the word a year of promises fulfilled. I'm releasing that word over your life. Sometimes you hear words. You hear them uh, in your spirit. Uh, and a word will just come to you. You don't know where it came from. Uh, release that word over your life. Uh, sometimes you see pictures. You see snapshots. You just get a glimpse. Uh, the Bible uh, teaches us that that prophecy is like uh, a light shining in a dark place, a way off. So it's like, okay, I just got a glimpse, and I saw a picture. And I don't know all that's going on, but I saw something. And just begin to declare that. Uh, when I was a, a young boy, I got a a picture, a snapshot of a of a building that I believe that God, a church that God wants to build, that He that He wants uh, me to me to lead uh, a, a congregation of people in building. It's not this one; it's a bigger building than the one we're building right now. I don't know when and I don't know where, but I've held on to that. I can see it uh, today, just like I did twenty years ago when it first happened, because it it struck me so uh, clearly and profoundly. And it's a word that I've hung on to. It's just a snapshot. Sometimes you. You get a snapshot. Sometimes you get uh, just a picture or a vision. Uh, sometimes you just get a feeling. You just get a feeling. Uh, my, my grandma used to call it an unction. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. I just feel an unction. There's just a feeling, a sensing that I have. I don't know why I'm feeling this. I'm just feeling this. If you've ever been, someone's ever been praying for you, maybe you've been at the altar, and someone says to you, I don't know why I'm feeling this. I just feel, and they say something over it's a, It's a feeling. Sometimes God speaks in feelings like that. When you feel those things, I want you to begin to speak to Him over your life. Prophesy. You can prophesy. This is the challenge for you today. God is saying to each and every one of us, you prophesy. You declare the word, and when you release the word, I'm gonna be ready to move. I'm just waiting on you to get involved. Are you would, would you be willing to prophesy over your life if you knew that God was gonna come through for you? Would you be willing? Of course you would. God wants to come through for you. Here's what I'm gonna to do today. Our pastors and elders are coming. I'm gonna do a couple of things. Pastors and elders, prayer partners, uh, join me really quickly. I, I believe that today, God is going to release a spirit of prophecy in this room. So Pastor Randall, I've never heard from God before. Today you will. If, if you'll open up your heart, if you'll open up your spirit and get ready to receive, I believe that God wants to speak to you today. Some of you say, Pastor, I'm not praying and, and, I, and I need some specific direction in a, in a situation in my life. I want you to come in a few moments and I want you to pray with one of these pastors and elders. And God is going to release them, a, a word to them, a spirit of prophecy over them right now. And he's going to release it to you through them. Uh, and you just begin to stand on it. You just begin to, de- begin to declare it. Okay, so I want to pray for those things that that God would open that up for you. And I want to pray over you. I want to release that word. A year of promises fulfilled and an acceleration, acceleration. Father, I pray for every person in this room, every person watching online all over this nation, the world right now. I declare that this would be a year of promises fulfilled. But Father, whatever we've been believing, whatever you've been speaking, whatever we've been hoping and praying and believing for, this year things begin to come together and things begin to come to pass. This is a year of promises fulfilled. Father, I declare that this is a year of acceleration where there may have been no movement and no momentum, I declare that the winds are beginning to blow again, oh God. That the velocity is picking up and that movement and acceleration is happening now. For those that have felt like we're just creeping along and moving at a snail's pace, Father, I pray that acceleration would hit our life with great force. Allow us to, to set our sails to be able to ride on the winds, O oh God, that you are sending our way. Blow wind of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I thank you for it right now, Lord Jesus. Father, I'm asking that you would open our spirit ears, that we could hear from you and release and open up the gift of prophecy in this room that we would prophesy, that we would declare the works of God over our life, that we would declare the works of God over our own situations, over our families, over our businesses, over our bosses and our jobs, over this nation, over this church. I declare a spirit of prophecy to be released, that life would be released into our worlds. I thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.